and welcome to the Play Therapy Network. I'm your host, Maddie Wend. Welcome. Today we're going to talk about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and mental health. And you're asking me, what is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, right? Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a genetic illness. It is a inherited connective tissue disorder that is caused by genetic changes. Um, It is an illness that is hereditary and there's connective tissues that that basically um, they're there to support the joints and organs throughout the body. However, there's changes that happen with the kinetic connective tissue. And so Ehlers-Danlos is a hereditary condition and it has these genetic changes. And with these genetic changes, individuals can experience headaches, easy bruising, chronic fatigue, cranial cervical instability, joint hypermobility, soft stretchy skin or fragile skin. They can have uh, dislocations with different body parts, uh, poor wound healing, um, just to name a few. And so when we think about these symptoms with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and we think about our mental health, we think about anxiety, stress, depression, trauma. We think about life happenings, birthday parties, holidays, traveling, going places, going to the grocery store. When you think about your everyday life skills and you think about the everyday stressors or the everyday, somebody's getting married, somebody's getting divorced, just the everyday life, an individual that has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome They are going to accommodate certain things. They're going to have to adapt or adjust if they're having headaches or chronic fatigue or the chronic pain or the dysautonomia or they're having some cranial cervical instability or joint hypermobility. They have to be careful. And so when we think about our mental health, we think about our coping skills and we think, okay, so what are your coping skills if you're anxious or depressed? And it might be, I'm going to watch television or I'm going to go out for a run or I'm going to go do this or that. When we have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, our body is telling us what we can and can't do. Our mind may be like, I like to run. I've always ran. But if you are having hypermobility with your joints... You certainly are not going to be running a couple miles because you're going to be worried about, oh my gosh, it doesn't take much to, you know, twist my ankle or worse yet, break my leg. And so we have to think about how do we accommodate our mental health when we're struggling and we're survivors of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And so, you know, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome individuals really are the true gladiators Really and truly. And so when there's all these symptoms, we have to figure out how do we navigate our coping skills and having that social emotional regulation. Our diet, sleep, and exercise are so important for our self-care in everyday life. But when we think about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, we have to go one step further. We have to think about not only our diet, sleep, and exercise, but I have to take my medication because of these other symptoms. I have to you know, do this, this, and this before I go to bed because it will help me when I go to sleep. They have to make accommodations. You know, one person might be listening to music to reduce stress and anxiety that does not have Ehlers-Danlos. But sometimes people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, 
Their headaches are so bad, they don't want to turn the music up loud. They might have it on low, but they may not want to listen to it a lot. Many times when we think about mental health with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, we have to consider the lighting in the room. Sometimes we have to consider where we sit, sitting in a hard chair or a chair that's too soft. And depending on the type of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and there's many types, there are several types, and everyone has, you know, all sorts of different symptoms. You know, there's a classical type, there's a hypermobile type, there's a cardiac uh, type, there's a vascular type, there's several. And so when we think about our mental health, depending on the type we have and how to navigate, we have to figure out what works for our social emotional regulation. And so when we think about Ehlers-Danlos and we think about who diagnoses Ehlers-Danlos, Well, I'm going to tell you a rheumatologist can be good, but the best diagnosis is when you go to a clinical geneticist for Ehlers-Danlos because a clinical geneticist, they are going to, they're the best and favored as they will be able to help you sort of like a whole person comprehensive understanding because they understand the genetic component. While a rheumatologist is great, Oftentimes, a rheumatologist is treating so many other disorders. And so when we think about where do we find a clinical geneticist? You know, you can Google it. You can look in your area. You can talk to family or friends that might know. But I will tell you, I want to give a shout out for the Atwal Clinic. You can call and contact Dr. Atwal. So let's give a shout out to the Atwal Clinic where there is care, access, excellence, and collaboration and value in everything Dr. Atwal does. You can reach him at 904-364-9985. You can email him at info at atwallclinic.com. He is wonderful. Anyways, a clinical geneticist is great at helping to diagnose. And so you can go to a rheumatologist. It's clearly up to you. But there is no cure for Ehlers-Danlos. There's only treatments. And so for the best improvement with symptoms is to get to the proper doctor to get the proper treatment. And so we have to think about what, you know, what is treatment? And I always say, we have to advocate, you know, you have to advocate for yourself because not everybody does. And I know sometimes it can be scary and sometimes we can feel like we don't have a voice. So, you know, many times when we have challenges such as Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, you may feel that there's a stigma in society or there's this medical culture at making a person who's suffering with Ehlers-Danlos to feel like they're belittled or they're dismissed or ashamed or less than. So I want you to know, I validate you. I validate your life. I am fighting for you. You have the power in yourself. You know, it's important to advocate for yourself because oftentimes it's not easy. You know, a lot of times in different parts of the world, people don't know what Ehlers-Danlos is. 
You know, many times people have no clue and it's like, what is that? They, they don't know and you're trying to explain and it just, you know, I don't know if you feel like sometimes you get frustrated because you're trying to explain yourself or they, don't, they just don't understand and you're like, no one understands me. I can't get help. They laugh at me or they want to give me anxiety meds. You feel invisible, but you are struggling with this disabling chronic illness and you're fighting for your care. And I know it's frustrating. You're doing the best you can with what you know. You are navigating a chronic illness and at the same time you're dealing with the anxiety, the stress, the depression, the life happenings in everyday life that poses challenges. And on top of that, you're trying to do the social emotional regulation of how do I navigate this? How do I cope? And if you're going to a therapist, they're telling you coping skills and they may or may may not be factoring in your medical condition of this chronic illness of all of these things that are going on with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And so we have to think about, okay, what are the tips and tools to navigate and manage this illness? You know, you have the power. A lot of times, you know, it's just in the world we live in, sometimes there's a lack of awareness. There's a lack of education. And I always say, you have the power. You have to think of three steps, being clear, being strong, and having an advocate. If you are clear at what you're saying and asking, and you are strong, because a lot of times you're not going to hear what you want them to hear. You know, you're not, when you speak or you're talking, whether it's the medical or the academic or the financial world or wherever you are, there is this stigma. And a lot of times there is this lack of understanding, especially in the medical world. There is a lack of understanding and not enough specialists that are going to understand Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And so it's challenging. And so when I say mean, when I say be strong, be clear, be strong and have an advocate. I mean, it's not easy. Sometimes you have to explain things. Sometimes we have to validate ourselves if we don't get that validation because you're fighting for what you need. You're fighting for your own wellness and that's challenging. And when you have somebody like an advocate or, you know, a caregiver that cares and helps you, you already have somebody that's helping to fight the battle with you. And I know, I know it's not easy. And you have to look at it like you're doing the best you can with what you know. Accepting, you know, the feelings you feel and and trying the best you can with trying to take care of yourself. And there's going to be easy days and there's going to be hard days. And when you're trying to navigate the medical world, a lot of times it is a challenge because they just don't know. They just don't teach what, what we need. And unfortunately... It's just like that in the working world. A lot of times employers don't understand and that is very difficult for a lot of people because employers, you know, a lot of times they just have no clue if you're a family member of someone with Ehlers-Danlos or, you know, if you are someone that's working and you're trying to navigate your Ehlers-Danlos syndrome And you're like, I can work, but I have to be careful, but my employer doesn't understand. 
trying to educate is important, but it's not easy. And so you just have to kind of look at, okay, what can I do? Who are the people that are supporting me that are going to help me? And, and you have to look at that support system because really and truly that's what's going to help move you forward. Sometimes it is challenging and it's often easy to go back and start to think about things and, and question, am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right decisions? You know, when we think about mental health, a lot of times that anxiety can creep in because we start to have kind of that um, stinking thinking. And, you know, when we think about Ehlers-Danlos, a lot of times you can't do a lot of things that you used to do. Or, you know, there's challenges at times where you can do things, but you have to have it limited. And so learning to be okay with... I can do this, but I have to be careful or I have to accommodate. It helps you recognize I can do things and it's okay if I take a break. It's okay if you go to the doctor and you tell them what you're doing and if they're thinking, well, you're not doing enough or you're depressed because you're laying around all the time, it's okay to be clear and say, no, I am not depressed. I'm laying around because I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and I cannot get up. I cannot do A, B, and C. And it's okay to be clear and strong about that because you have to explain things. You know, if people don't know and they're just shouting out what they think, sometimes we have to be clear and strong to let them have the message so they understand. Sometimes people never understand. And so when you have an advocate, that helps give you that extra, okay, I can take a deep breath. I have somebody in my corner, somebody that understands. And, you know, a lot of times people don't understand. Think about all the people you've had to talk to to explain your flexible joints. People don't always understand that. Basically, people have flexible joints because their connective tissues, uh, you know, are looser than what most people have. Usually, I tell people when we think about mental health of Ehlers-Danlos, look at it like this. With mental health, we have to deal with our Ehlers-Danlos. And so, normal, and I hate to use the word normal, but people that do not have Ehlers-Danlos, that are not the zebras in the world... We'll say the horses. They have like an apple in their hand. Individuals that are the zebras that have Ehlers-Danlos, they have the muffin. If you cut it in half, the muffin crumbles. That's like Ehlers-Danlos where the connective tissue crumbles. If we take the apple and cut it in half, it doesn't crumble. That's how I like to do the visual to explain Ehlers-Danlos because sometimes there is no talking to a teacher to explain why your child has Ehlers-Danlos. The teacher isn't going to get it. But if you take an apple and a muffin and you slice it down the middle, they're going to get it. Because some people, you you can talk the talk and they're never going to get it. But if you show them a visual, it's like, aha, light bulb goes off. They got it. Sometimes we have to do that with our employers too. And sometimes there are some doctors in the world that we have to do that and explain that to them too. Hey, let me give you a visual so you'll understand because it's very difficult for me to keep repeating myself. And unfortunately, we live in a world where a lot of times we have to keep repeating ourselves. And 
What makes it really difficult when we think about the mental health of Ehlers-Danlos is the symptom severity with individuals with EDS vary. One person may have ABC symptoms while the other person may have B, C, D, E, F, G. And so here they are trying to navigate And then we have anxiety that comes in, or we have anger that comes in, or we have stress and depression or trauma, and we have all the day-to-day stuff, and here we are trying to juggle. And a lot of times it creates a lot of challenges. And so not only are we juggling in life the medical, but we're juggling in life the mental and trying to figure out how do I navigate How do I make things better for my quality of life and quality of care? And just recognizing, yes, there's going to be complications. Living with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, there is complications and all kinds of signs and symptoms. And so we have to look at it like it's very important to educate your doctor about your family history and about your family's, you know, just mental health history on top of medical history. And also, if you can get a genetic counselor or a geneticist, it definitely will help because that's going to help you with moving forward. Because what happens is, if you have a physician that's like, I think it's all anxiety, let me give you some meds. And you're like, I've been trying this for years and I'm having these headaches and it's not going away and the chronic fatigue and the bruising and the list goes on and on. You get to the point where you're like, this is just too much. I can't take this anymore. And so when you finally get help and you have to explain to the doctor that it's not anxiety, if you have a geneticist, a lot of times you can just take their paper, their document of their evaluation and say, you know what, I'm just going to give this to my, my doctor so they understand what's going on. A lot of times that can you know, help so much. Because you don't have to repeat yourself anymore. Now you got somebody on your team, Team Eds, that says, hey, I'm a geneticist and I can diagnose Eds and here's my report. So you don't have to go to doctor number 100 repeating yourself over and over. Because guess what? That right there is medical trauma. The medical stories over and over again. What happened with narrative medicine? Narrative medicine is where medical professionals are supposed to listen to their patients and hear their story and identify what's going on and validate their feelings and recognize the story. But guess what happens? Narrative medicine, wow. Narrative medicine, it is not what they say. Narrative medicine ends up being the, oh, thanks for telling me your story and I'm going to tell you my thoughts on your story. There is no validation. There is dismissal. There is dismissal making patients or clients or individuals or human beings feel belittled, feel invalidated, feel angry, feel frustrated, have increased depression, increased anxiety, and fear, medical fear. It has created a pandemonium in the mental health field of individuals being afraid to tell what's going on for fear they're going to be labeled as crazy or they're going to be labeled as Munchausen or they're going to be labeled as a hypochondriac or 
they're going to be labeled as, oh, that's the patient I'm going to blacklist because I don't want to see this one. You know, it's a lot. It can be very upsetting. And so when we think about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, you want to be heard. You want to be heard. You want to be validated. And sometimes it's difficult. And when we think about how do we navigate Ehlers-Danlos syndrome with mental health, we take it one day at a time. We identify the situation of how our body is feeling with those somatic symptoms. We validate how we feel about the somatic symptoms. We have a structured routine where we take our medicine on time. We have our routine that is all laid out so everything is smooth in transition with the day-to-day. When problems arise or challenges or everyday life stuff, the anxiety or the depression or trauma of the past or whatever trickles in anger, frustration, we think about our maladaptive behaviors. We think about those defense mechanisms that come in, the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And what happens is we know what fighting is. Fighting is when you're angry, you're mad, you're frustrated. And yes, when we have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, we can be mad too. We just have to be careful though, because with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, if you throw something, you might hit something and... It may not break the wall, but it might pull your shoulder around a whack or dislocate your shoulder or pull something else. You never know because the way the joints manifest. And so when we think about flight, flight is running away, escaping, avoiding, denial. Yes, with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, you can have that too. However... Many times it can be heightened because when you escape or you flight, you are trying to get away. And sometimes when we have that anxiety or anger or something that creeps in, if you're flighting, trying to run away or move away from a situation, you have to be careful because sometimes the situation can create more pain and you're already dealing with chronic pain and joint hypermobility and sometimes if we're not thinking about what we're doing and we're doing it can create more symptoms with the illness on top of the mental if that if you hear what I'm saying and so sometimes our mind can think one thing that we can do when our body is saying we can't and so with flight you have to be careful with Ehlers-Danlos You don't want to just flight and and do and not think. Because what if you're trying to do to leave a room and you're not thinking, oh, wait a minute, I could trip over that chair. Before I get up, I'm going to kind of move the chair and move my body so I can get up and flight out the door. Instead of somebody without Ehlers-Danlos who gets up and just leaves, they're not going to trip. So we have to be very careful. And so when we think about With coping mechanisms, freeze is when we shut down, we isolate, we don't do anything. Sometimes that coping mechanism, individuals with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome many times will use the freeze and isolate, but not necessarily is it depression. A lot of times it is due to the headaches, overstimuli with the noise, 
So they have to, they have to isolate a little bit the noise, the overstimuli. And so we also have to think about fawning. Fawning can also be another maladaptive behavior with mental health. And so when we think about fawning, fawning is pleasing. You want to make everybody happy. And in life, we can't make everybody happy, but we need to make ourselves happy. We also cannot be everything to everyone. We have to be everything to ourselves. With El- you heard me, with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, you need to be everything to yourself. You can do the best you can to be good to others and help others, but you have to be everything to yourself. It is not your responsibility to be everything to everyone, okay? Be everything to yourself. When we think about Ehlers-Danlos Mental Health, we have to think about the, um, the fawning. You care about people. You want to do nice things for people. That's fine, but don't do the fawning where you're trying to please everyone and everything at the expense of hurting yourself. And one example I'm thinking of is a mother who wanted to wash the dishes with her daughter, even though she knew her knees were hurting and her hip was out of line. And so she decided she was still going to help her daughter get everything cleaned up in the kitchen when she should have just said, you know, I'm going to sit on the chair and while you're doing the dishes, how about you hand me a dish and I will dry it with the towel while I'm sitting down. Instead, she was standing up causing more pain. And what happens with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome? If we push too much, it can create more pain the next day. And that can last weeks and months sometimes, depending on the variable of the individual's severity of their Ehlers-Danlos. So when we think about mental health, we have to think about how do we socially, emotionally regulate the illness. And so it is challenging, but recognizing you're doing the best you can with what you know. We still need more research out there, everybody. We still do. We're not where we need to be. And I know it's frustrating. They need to teach in medical school. They really do. They need to do a lot more research. There needs to be more awareness. The Ehlers-Danlos Society is trying to do probably the best of anybody. Uh, Zebra Talk Ehlers-Danlos.com. I want you to go to ZebraTalkEllersDanlos.com. That is my blog. That is my website specifically for my Florida people, but it also is for Texas. So it's for the whole state of Florida and the whole state of Texas. Check it out. Check out the blog. There's also the resources tab where you can find resources if you need some help check out the resources tab, check the blog. There will be some support groups coming up for Ehlers-Danlos Mental Health by Zebra Talk. It's, it's in the works. It is going to be coming. And we've got, I think we're about four and a half years out. We'll be having our office in Florida where physical therapy for Ehlers-Danlos will be offered. There's a whole lot of exciting things happening with Zebra Talk Ehlers-Danlos Florida. So stay tuned. Again, you know, everybody's making a difference by trying to be strong and being heard. Everybody's trying to let people know about what Ehlers-Danlos is. It's not easy. You have to stay strong. I know it's not fun going to the doctor and they want to say it's anxiety or they're wanting to say, oh, it's just stretchy skin. It's not just stretchy skin. 
I know it can be frustrating because you feel like you're going round and round repeating yourself. And sometimes that is a struggle. And it's even okay to say, I'm so exhausted from repeating myself. Here's my diagnosis. Here's a document. You know, sometimes we have to take our documentation of what the illness is so other doctors know. Same thing with, you know, going to the ER. You know, recognizing that people don't realize, even though most of the time individuals with Ehlers-Danlos, their skin looks incredible. They always look younger. It's incredible. And, you know, society stigma has the, you're always normal. You look normal. How can you be sick? It's okay to educate them and say, well, this is why. It's, it's the connective tissues. It's, you know, explaining things. It's even okay if you happen to go to a doctor and the doctor's like, you're too young, you're not that sick. You know, I have heard too many people tell me that. And I've had too many people cry. And I've had too many people traumatized in the medical field by that comment. So if you want to know a good comment to say, if they say you're too young to be that sick, the best comment of all is, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a connective inherited genetic rare disease, and it affects individuals with the ability to look younger than what they are. And yes, it's okay to say you are a zebra because they are not going to understand. I'm going back to the visual again, everybody. The zebra versus the horse. A lot of times in the medical world, they will say the zebra They understand the zebra is rare diseases and different. And sometimes in the medical world, when you feel dismissed, you have to say, I'm a zebra, not a horse. Just like my example with the analogy, you take an apple, you take a muffin, you cut them in half. The muffin is Ed's. The apple is someone with no Ed's. Sometimes we have to talk about how... How it differentiate? How it's different? You know, you have to, you have to show the differences, and sometimes that's the best way. Sometimes the visual can say everything that your words cannot, and you know, we also have to recognize that a lot of times with Ellers Danlos, a lot of my Ellers Danlos individuals struggle with memory, and they struggle with the words, and sometimes in the medical world, there's a lot of intimidation. And I'll tell you right now, I am there for you to advocate and support. You know, Zebra Talk Ehlers-Danlos, Florida and Texas is there for you for advocacy and support. Don't let the lack of education or the lack of understanding rare diseases bring you down. I want you to always think advocacy and support. There are people out there that are struggling to bring awareness for all the zebras in the world. And when we think about zebras, no zebra is identical. And so when we think about Ehlers-Danlos, everybody is different. Sure, there's similarities, but everybody is different. And so when we think about the mental health component, there's a lot to be researched with mental health and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome because mental health affects greatly, but we also have to recognize that we can also empower ourselves 
and bring awareness and make a difference and show people that you can have Ellers Danlos and you can still live life. You can be in charge of your mental health in a way where you can navigate mental health with chronic illness. Don't let there be walls. You can find a way to move forward. You know, no matter what challenge you have, you always identify the situation and validate how you feel when you think about those somatic symptoms. You identify, okay, I've got the pain today, the dislocations today, I've got some bruising today, and I've got my cranial instability. And then you validate how you feel about it with the, with the pain. And then you identify, am I anxious about this? Am I depressed about this? Am I angry about this? And then you validate how you feel with that. And then you think about, what do I need to do today? Am I able to do these things today? It's okay. You know, most of the time, my Ehlers-Danlos individuals that I know, the anxiety spikes when they have to go to the doctor. The anxiety spikes when they have to go to the doctor for their mental health because the doctor they're probably going to see is one that doesn't understand Ehlers-Danlos. Or they have to repeat 50 times about how they have a connective tissue disorder. Now, I will say individuals that are going to see a doctor that understands what Ehlers-Danlos is and has compassion medicine, compassion medicine and understanding compassion medicine and mental health is what I call it. Those doctors are rare. Those doctors are the the real zebras of medicine. So when you think about the compassion medicine physicians. They are the compassionate medicine zebras because they are trying to care for people with chronic illnesses and understand they are listening. Not everybody listens. So remember, sometimes you have to talk at them, not with them, because you have to fight for your own treatment and advocate for your own treatment. And unfortunately, sometimes that creates a lot of hurt and challenges. And so we have to think about having that advocate. Like I said at the beginning, you know, there's three things you need to know when we think about Ehlers-Danlos mental health. And that is being clear, being clear about our needs, being strong, being strong enough to recognize you're going to have to educate no matter where you go, whether it is a work setting, a family setting, a medical setting, a mental health setting, you're going to have to be strong and educate because unfortunately it's a rare disease and there's not enough awareness. But we're going to get there. We've got Zebra Talk, Ehlers-Danlos expanded to Florida, not just Texas anymore. And we've got Dr. Atwal at the Atwal Clinic in Florida. And we have the Ehlers-Danlos Society, as well as more resources out there. Please check ZebraTalkEllersDanlos.com out. Check them out because on the resources page, it has all the resources of partners. And if you go to the AtwalClinic.com, they've got partners too. We are bringing awareness one step at a time to make a difference in a rare disease that is going to be known to all. There's going to come a day where doctors are going to understand compassion and understanding of what this disorder is from a mental health perspective and a medical perspective. There is going to be awareness in the medical and mental health world. You know, it's a village that takes change. 
and one voice can create a village. And so when we think about all of these amazing people doing amazing things, I want you to realize you're not alone. And so I'm glad you came for this segment today. Again, shout out to Dr. Atwal's clinic. You know, if you need a geneticist, please contact him because he's amazing. You know, he really is. You can call him at 904-364-9985. It's info at atwallclinic.com. And you can also go to zebratalkellersdanlos.com. Check out the blog, everybody, and check out the resources. I appreciate you for listening today's segment, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Please be bringing awareness to Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Seriously, it's a hereditary disorder, connective tissue. We need more research. We need more doctors in this area. So if you are out there and you're listening and you are going to be a future doctor, take a look at Ehlers-Danlos research. Thank you again, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Till next time. Thank you.